Hello, I'm calling John Eagles to have a rotisserie chicken made. And uh, I'm going to make sure the butts are sticking up in the air when you deliver it to me. I want to make sure I get that, all right? I want to make sure, you know, I can see a little butt and everything. So when I you cook up my chicken, I want to make sure, you know, I get a good, good-sized chicken, you know, with a nice big butt. You know, this is like something fantastic. You know, I just get a kick out of big, big chickens. You know, and I want that butt all nice and cooked up and sticking up in the air. Just awesome. Oh, make sure you tie its little legs together, too, because I don't want it to run away. Here we go. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay! What up, everybody? It's your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Ramblers with Rob podcast. First and foremost, before I get started, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week and listening to the podcast. Or I however you listen to podcasts. I'm eating M&Ms right now. The almond kind. They're delicious. If you're a first time listener, thank you for giving my show a try. I appreciate you. And um, shout out to whoever directed you toward me, if that's the way that you found out about me. Or shout out to whatever um, podcast provider of choice that you use for uh, maybe recommending me. Or the search engine that you use to search for a podcast. And it gave you me as a result. Thank that place too. Yeah. Sunday night here. Episodes usually be out early Sunday morning or whatever. But I had stuff going on all this week. It wasn't to the extreme of uh, the week prior to where we had a death in the family and I had to go do a funeral. I had to get my van fixed and all kind of shit like that. But this week was a good week. Um, The kids were gone all week i mean they just came back today on sunday and um me and miss b rob had the house to ourselves we had some solace some quiet up in here and everything and we enjoyed each other's company uh vigorously and um multiple <laughs> i ain't trying to get too deep in our business but um we had uh what's that uh Waterfall Mania pre-show going on over here. If for those of you who don't know the references to Waterfall Mania, check out the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company on the NAI Wrestling Network. And uh you get the reference. But yeah, man, it was great. We had a nice little break. Uh they went spun the week at my um, brother house. And um yeah, man, watched movies, watched each other. And um, went out to eat and, you know, just it's like a week long date night, you know, you got to have those every now and then. If you have the means to, I highly recommend it. But anyway, um, speaking of date nights and so on and so forth, you know, my man, Happy Rogers always laces us with a heroin story from the life that is happy and um. Soon to be guests, but he's like a guest every week because he always gives us his happy isms, you know, his little stories, his soliloquies, if you will. So, Happy has a story about a particular online date that he had and um, the outcome. So, 
Here we go. Hey, what up, Neptune? What up, uh, Andromeda Galaxy? What up, B-Rob? So I go, I go out with this girl. I'm done with online dating, man. I'm done. Uh, I went out with this girl off Bumble. That's like, uh, the new Tinder or something like that, whatever. But the girl's pick, whatever, man, you can look it up, goddammit. But, uh, so I usually do a coffee shop date whenever, uh, it's an online thing, cause, you know, it lets me dip in 20 minutes if it's, if it's crazy. But, uh, so I meet this girl at the coffee shop, and she's hot, man. She's like, but she's, she ain't Barbie doll hot. She's like country girl hot, but she, she's not a country girl, but just kind of that, you know, she's just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, but you can tell, like, she could throw on the makeup and lingerie, and boom, kind of like a non-buff Ronda Rousey. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but anyways. So, everything's cool, and I'm like, you know, you want to go back to my place and smoke, uh, tobacco? Uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, you want to go back? And she was like, yeah, that's cool. So, we take my car, because I don't live too far from the coffee shop, and, uh, on the way there, like, she farts and laughs, and I'm thinking, you know, whatever, maybe she's down to earth, <laughs> and, you know, whatever, it was kind of cute, uh, even, whatever, so we get back to my place, and, uh, smoke and everything, I mean, I'm, we're vibing, I mean, vibing good, and, uh, I'm like, you know, you got time to hang out and order some takeout and watch a movie, and she's like, yeah, that'd be cool, you know, whoop-de-whoop, so, uh, food gets there well while we was waiting on the food to get there like she ripped another one and i'm like you know one's cute but like really first date really and so i let this slide i didn't say nothing but like now it's it's kind of going from cute to weird but she's she's so hot i'm just like whatever i'm gonna roll with this for a little bit so food gets there we eat we're having a drink you know, turned a uh, kind of a not-so-scary, kind of funny horror movie on. Yeah, I don't want to freak her out on the first date or nothing, put in something crazy, crazy. So, uh, we're watching the movie. This bitch rips another one. Third strike, you're out. I got to say something, dude. I got to say something, dude. I'm like, so, did you eat some burritos before you come over and she was like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant, and sometimes it makes me gassy, whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. And, you know, I understand that you got a health condition, but, like, what the fuck? Did you drink a large White Castle milkshake before you come over? Because that's like a quart of ice cream and that motherfucker. And I'm just like, I mean, you could have prevented this. I mean, you know you got this goddamn condition. And this, you know, at, at third strike, after we was talking, in my head, I'm like, you could have prevented this shit. You know you're lactose intolerant. I think she did this shit to be funny. I, I really, I think she thinks it's funny at this point. So, uh, we're watching a movie. I'm kind of moving in. She's touching on my thighs and, you know, I'm kind of brushing her boobies and stuff and I'm thinking this is about to get hot. This bitch rips another one, B-Rob. I'm talking like, you know how you can do hot and cold breath with your mouth? Like, you know, like one's cold, one's hot. I don't know how that works. Explain that to me, but like, you know, sometimes you got those like cold farts and they're, they don't stink and then you got those like hot farts and they, they're, they're, they're lighting up, dude. And this bitch is lighting me up. So I, finally I'm like, you know, if you gotta, if you're gonna continue this, you need to go in another room. I'm kinda interested in this movie, but if you can't hold that, then you need to go in the other room. Well, 
this bitch starts going, running to the door, going outside of the door and farting in the apartment building and then coming running back to the couch. So now that's just how she's pulling us off. And then by like the sixth time that she runs out there, I mean, I'm kind of amused at this point. There ain't going to be no other date, but I just want to see how this plays out. Well, my landlord lived downstairs. Like the sixth or seventh time that she goes to run outside and fart in the hallway and like cut it and run back in, the landlord comes out and was like, is something burning up there? And I'm talking, this bitch was so embarrassed, dog, that she made up some fucking bullshit that she had to leave. And uh, that's what you get. That's what you get for uh, eating some ice cream or some shit before you come on a date so that you can fart all over a motherfucker. I mean, I'm done with online dating, dog. That's, I mean, she was hot, man. But, like, really? You lactose intolerant, bitches. Uh, I'm going to go to the mall from now on. You guys got some of them bitches in the jewelry store. All right. Love y'all. Peace. And that was Hoppy. It's an uh, online dating story. And, man, I, I have nothing against online dating. Um, Wherever you use Bumble, Match, Adult Friend Finder, <laughs> oh, whatever, Craigslist, whatever the fuck you use, man. I mean... You just got to be careful because I have been burnt, not uh, penis wise, you know, not chlamydia, gonorrhea, nothing like that. I have been burnt, uh, you know, via that online dating stuff, man, because like I said, this is my second marriage. And for a while, you know, single guy, just the Internet was budding with all these um social media uh, platforms at the time. MySpace. <laughs> Black Planet, you know, uh, Facebook wasn't even up and running, I think, around that time frame. Or if it was, if it was, it was just very, very uh, small and everything. But man, I, I, I played the field and I've been burnt by some online dating shit. I mean, it, what Happy had was minor in that instance or whatever. I mean, she, yeah, Happy was right. She could, she knew. How, what her predicament was, her, she know her body, and I don't think that was cool that she set my man up like that. But hey, shit happens, and um, but I would go online, and girl have some nice pictures up there and everything, but she didn't say that was um my high school pictures or me before I had my two kids and everything. So I've rolled up on some broads. That uh look like glam models on their profile, but when I get there, they look like uh busted up uh grocery bags. You know, <laughs> you, you you go to the grocery store, you fill your bag up full of groceries, and you don't feel like double bagging it or you know just taking the time to take those extra precautions. And then you load that thing up, you you start walking down the aisle to your car, you're halfway out the store, halfway in the parking lot, and boom. A grocery bag busting all your groceries on the ground, busted up bitches like that. <laughs> but hey, still knocked them down though. <laughs> I mean, and like I said, I, I don't have nothing against online dating. Me and Miss B Rob been together going on nine years, and it was all through uh, uh, the internet. You know what? I seen a picture. She had a nice smile, whole bunch of tattoos. I love the ink. And I was just like, hey. And she responded back, hey. And we've been talking ever since. <laughs> so, that's cool. Uh, alongside uh, online dating, 
Well, I mean, it's not even in relationship to online dating, but my guest uh, met their significant other of four years via Twitter. I think Twitter is a weird place. You know, I, it's good for networking or whatever, but relationship wise, I don't know. I never really looked at Twitter as nothing like that, but hey, they made it happen. Uh, but the person I speak with, my guest, if you heard me on the pipe bomb with McCool and Company, I always bring up this specific female wrestler. Her name is Kiara Hogan. And I have her on the podcast this week. That's my guest, Kiara Hogan. And yeah, she met a boyfriend on Twitter, which I thought was very interesting. And not only was that interesting that, you know, she met a boyfriend on Twitter. I got to keep saying her boyfriend, uh, Owen Knight, because, I mean, she always put him over through on the interviews that I've heard on and especially when we was talking during this interview. So Owen Knight put him over <laughs> and um, not only learning that tidbit of information from um, Kiara Hogan, I learned a whole bunch of things like, you know, where she started, why she started, favorite wrestlers. And um, I'm not going to give you that information because she does it herself. We have the recordings. We have the technology. And um, I'm going to play that right now. So sit back, relax, enjoy this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast featuring Kiara Hogan. All right. Uh, feel free to cuss if that's your type of thing. You can say whatever you want. Plug whatever okay. you want. Okay. All right. Full disclosure. Um, every guest I have on here, I have to be honest up front with them because, I mean, the reason you're a guest is because I have, you know, a genuine curiosity about you. So the way I found out about Kara Hogan is um, I had uh, two former guests, uh, Kiefer Bartek and uh, J.J. Blake, both uh, wrestled down at Reality of Wrestling here in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was just uh, watching ROW one day on YouTube, and I seen a match pop up with you, and I forget the other girl name, and that's how I found out about you. The reality wrestling. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> now, was that ever your first destination as far as pro wrestling goes? Did you start there, or did you start somewhere else and just made your way there? Uh, I started in Atlanta because uh, I'm from Atlanta, so I live in Atlanta, um, and I got contacted to do reality wrestling um, like a year and some months into wrestling, my wrestling career, um, through my trainer, Mr. Hughes, because he, I guess, works with Booker T and knows Booker T personally, so he helps hook me up, but I also got contacted by one of their producers. I said, we want you to come down to Houston to wrestling with us. It was awesome. I really, I loved reality wrestling. Like, I, I wish I could go back. Okay. Now, um, I've seen, you know, some of your matches here and there from when I first uh, saw you on reality of wrestling. Um, the, as is now, the girl on fire. Uh, tell me, uh, satisfy my curiosity because I don't think I've came across any video of it yet. Have you came out to that song by Alicia Keys? I've never come out to that song. <laughs> Ever. And I, I, 
The only reason I haven't is because everybody thinks that I should, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you should come out to this song. You know that song, right? That's your song? I'm like, no, that's not my song. See, that's, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm speaking for you as uh, one of those people, I guess. But, like, a lot of, of my friends that are wrestlers, they'll come up to me, like my friend uh, Sonia Strong. Every time she sees me or she'll send me, like, random messages on Facebook and be like, this girl is on fire. And I'm like, oh, you know I hate that, right? <laughs> well, this is all in good fun. I mean, if your friends can't mess with you like that, then who can? Yeah, of course. But, I mean, it's kind of obvious, like, I should be coming out to that song, but it's just not my style. It's too slow for me. Okay. Now, what is your style? I mean, the girl on fire. I mean, I know, I know there's something that you work toward, like, what steps did you take to get to where you are now? Um, well, I, wrestling wise, I'm pretty technical. Um, I actually just kind of started throwing kicks, kind of incorporating my soccer background into my wrestling style, um, which was kind of a hint from my, my boyfriend gave me that he was like, why don't you incorporate your soccer, 10 years of soccer into your wrestling ability, like throw some kicks, like do a punt kick. I, I'm not a fan of doing punt kicks because I feel like everybody does them, but yeah. I like to try to be different, try to do things that other people don't do, which is kind of pushing it because everybody pretty much just ev- does something that somebody has already yeah. done before you. Like somebody can't literally, unless they actually made it, they can't say, oh, this is mine. I made this up. Yeah. Like the super kick. Oh, the super kick's my finish. No, it's not. It was Shawn Michaels' finish. Yeah. Like, it's just it's things like that. But I'm kind of technical. Uh, I was trained old school. So I do have an old school background. I like to tell a story. I'm really um, big on psychology as far as wrestling matches. Uh, I like for things to make sense. Um, I don't like for m- to play like the big superhero, the one who doesn't get hurt. Like, I like to still be portrayed as a human being, even though I am this bigger character i would say like i have this like big energy i'm this big like personality with this spicy like sassy personality uh being the girl on fire like my character is like the underdog like pretty much well i kind of actually take it from mickey james who is my favorite wrestler she's mm-hmm. kind of one of those characters like you you beat her down and then you know she still has that fight so that's kind of the character I portray as a as a you know good guy, but I like to incorporate different things into my actual character. You know, just try to be as different as I can be. Okay, now um, just as you said, trying to be creative, you know, be your own person or whatever. I mean, how does that feel when somebody try to compare you to someone else? Like, um, can you give me any examples of um, somebody you know, female professional wrestlers that somebody tried to compare you to? I've been compared to a couple of people. Um, first one I've ever got compared to was Eva Marie, but that was only because my hair was red. Yeah. And can I just tell you Ooh. how angry that made me when people <laughs> would say, oh, you're like that Eva Marie chick. And I'm like, the only thing me and Eva Marie have in common was our hair color at the time. And she's no longer redhead. Mm-hmm. So that, that stopped. Or employed. Um, yeah. And like, uh, I would get compared to Alicia Fox a lot, which, I didn't quite understand, but I, I like, I guess we kind of look alike, but she's like way taller than me. Yeah, way taller. Uh, way taller than me. Um, and then like recently, very recently, like WrestleCon recently, um, somebody thought I was Sasha Banks. What? 
Yeah, like, first of all, me and her have completely different hair colors. Her hair is purple, my hair is red. I guess because we're kind of both petite and, like, like lighter skin. But she's, like, way smaller than I am. Yeah. And she might be a little bit... Actually, I think we might be the same height. She might be a couple inches taller than me. But our styles are, like... I wouldn't say completely different, but... I don't know, like... I just... I've been getting that a lot. Like, a lot of people... One of my friends sent me a picture of Sasha Banks, like... And she thought it was me. And I was like, what? I've never taken that picture. And it was Sasha Banks, so... I've been getting Sasha Banks a lot. People, like want me to wrestle her, like, we want to see Kira versus Sasha Banks, and I'm like, yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> hey, never say never. I don't, you never know. <laughs> I mean, I would like to wrestle her. Like, to be compared to her is amazing. Like, thank you. It, that's a compliment. I wouldn't take it as a compliment. But, um, yeah, that's who I can compare to. I haven't been compared to by anybody else, but those are, like, the three big ones. Okay. Um, as far as style goes, I've, I've seen different variations of your ring attire and your hair color and everything, whatever. Um, what, what drives you to your, your current attire and everything now? Like the hair coloring and everything? Well, when I first came up with the girl on fire, I had just dyed my hair red. Um, I actually didn't come up with the girl on fire right off the bat. It kind of was given to me again by my boyfriend. Um, at this time, like, when I started training, I didn't really have a character. My, my character, uh, when I started at AWE, which was my first match, um, they gave me the uh, moniker of the First Lady of Atlanta because I was a heel at the time, and it kind of sounded heelish to be, I'm the First Lady of Atlanta. So that kind of stayed, but it wasn't really a character. Like I couldn't really play off of that other than me being this this black girl from Atlanta. That's all I could be, which is, I'm already that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could have amplified that, but I wanted something different. I didn't want to be so stereotypical and I didn't want to be like the mold. I wanted to do something different. Um, so my boyfriend, after I had my first match, I kind of lost uh, my spark. Like I kind of was like, well, what's next? Like I had my first match and nobody's calling me. Nobody contacted me. I kind of got an ego after my, after my first match. Like I was like, Oh, what? Nobody wants, wants me to be on their show. Like I got a big head and he was like, you know, I didn't want to go to training. I didn't want to train. I kind of was like big headed. So he was like, Kier, you need to like find your fire. And after that, it kind of just, oh, snap. <laughs> it, it clicked. Yeah, it clicked. It was just kind of like, Hmm, fire, like the girl on fire, even though people kind of, um, like, like you said, they compare me to the Alicia Keys song. And then, of course, to the Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen was the girl on fire. <laughs> um, but like, I really, really, like, I really had to think about, uh, how to make my character different. Like, um, Taylor Hendricks actually gave me a lot of help when it came to finding my character and how to, uh, brand myself correctly. I had to think of different things to say and th- different things to post about and how to kind of incorporate all these fire terms and things into my character so that it was well-rounded. So, of course, I made my character like this big thing. I made my hair fire color. My nails match my hair. All my gear is the same color. Like, everything kind of is fire-related mm-hmm. so that I'm actually the girl on fire. But now it's kind of gotten to a point where everybody's like, oh, well, Becky Lynch does a fire character, too, like, she, I have a tattoo on my arm that says aspire to inspire. 
like right after I got that tattoo, she got a t-shirt that says inspire the fire. Now I look like I'm stealing from her, but I'm not. (laughs) So it's kind of like I have to make my stuff different so that I don't get compared to other people. And it is hard because so many people, like there's so many people in wrestling. You don't know what everybody, every single wrestler is doing. Yeah. So to kind of step outside of that and be different and to get recognized for it, at least like when I was in Florida for the shine tournament, like people were like, Oh, you're here Hogan. And it's kind of like, I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm at the Mayon classic and people are, are asking about me. What? So it's kind of cool to be recognized for being you, you know? Yeah. And, um, speaking of the May Young Classic or whatever, I believe there's a, what, one or two people that you may have wrestled before that are there in the May Young Classic now? Yes, I wrestled, uh, Miranda and I wrestled Tessa too. Yeah, um, Marty Bell. Marty Bell, yep. Rachel Ellering. It was more than two. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, from what I can recognize, I mean, I, I, to tell you the truth, I'm not very well versed on my women's wrestling. I, I've been babied with WWE all my freaking, you know, wrestling fandom career, I, I would guess. And, um, most recently within the past maybe three or four years is when I just started branching out into other stuff because, you know, it's freaking, it's, it's getting up there and, age now it's just like we have access to more technology now and more means of getting all this other different wrestling so now i've been watching i'm way into the new japan shit right now they're doing the uh, oh yeah the g1 tournament so that's shit you think watching five hours of uh wwe every week plus nxt and everything is some shit try watching Every one of these damn G1 matches every night and each show is three to four hours every night for this past month. I think it ends up on the 12th. <laughs> nice. That's nice. So I'm like, I mean, but most wrestling fans are kind of like grown up on WWE. Yeah. Like, and then of course when Impact kind of started having, when WWE kind of started to fall for that little bit, yeah. Impact kind of started to, catch up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everybody grew up on WWE, WWF, WCW. They've always been number one. So, I like, when I started training, I immediately thought, oh, I'm going to train and go straight to WWE. Nobody tells you about the indies. Nobody yeah. knows about the independent scene. Like, it's kind of, it was an underground type thing, but now it's become so mainstream. Like, independent wrestling is so mainstream now, especially since WWE is picking up a lot of big name independent wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like it's become so mainstream. I mean, some people still are kind of dumbfounded. Like, uh, they had NXT show in Atlanta and, uh, AWE. We tried to, so I work for AWE. They tried to go and hand out flyers at a, like to the people in line. And they were like, and some guy told my promoter, indie wrestling. Yeah, right. Or something, something smart. He said. And, like, it's kind of like, do you not realize the people that you're watching right now uh, have come wrestlers. from the independent scene? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like WWE's indie wrestling, what you're watching in NXT. I mean, right. obviously they got a little more funding behind them, but. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, that's all it really is. But, I don't know. I mean, that was another thing for me, too. It's just like, um, I was I was in the military for the past 16 years. So, I was very rarely in a place to where I could go actually see a live show 
or be around a place where they would advertise, you know, live professional wrestling. Um, yeah. Within the past, yeah, this all is like within the past three or so years. Um, I was in Bumblefuck, Missouri <laughs> for my, for my um, last duty station and all up in that freaking, that, that zone, that area of Missouri that I was in, they had all kinds of independent wrestling. Um, one uh, federation that I worked closely with, it was a, uh, under the umbrella of NWA, it was a Central States Championship Wrestling. And, um, I got to work with those guys. I part of the ring crew, take pictures, uh, you know, just help out any way I could. And then not too far away from there was, um, Harley Races School up there. And oh, then, nice. you know, it's just a whole bunch of just different promotions just, just running around in that area. And just like in the old Lake of the Ozarks, they had like a little promotion there and, they got some here down by Springfield up in St. Louis. And I'm just like, my mind is just overflowing with like all this wrestling and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely become a bigger thing now. I think people are starting to recognize, like, like I said, independent and mainstream. And I know like impact is trying to kind of incorporate more independent wrestling into like them starting to travel again. But like, Triple H, I know I've heard, at least I've heard, I've never spoken to Triple H, but mm. like, I know he's trying to incorporate more people from the independent scene yeah. into WWE because, I mean, the people on the independent scene have been working hard to try to get here. Yeah. And then like, you kind of pull these people that have no idea what wrestling is and make them into what you want them to be. But there's so many talented people that have already worked their butts off for 10, 15, 20 years that exactly. have never gotten a chance. Yeah. And, like when you see those guys finally get on the NXT or any type of a WWE product or shit, even Impact or Lucha Underground or damn, what else they got out there? Uh, ROH. Mm-hmm. It's just like they fucking made it. It doesn't matter what stage of the game in, they just fucking made it because you are actually seeing these people on TV, you know? Yeah. So. Definitely. Like it's, I know like, uh, People that I've worked, like you said, that were in the Mayo Classic, it's kind of just like a standing ovation for these people. Like Mercedes Martinez mm-hmm. is a big time vet, like in women's wrestling, and to see her finally do something as big as WWE, it's amazing because she's been working so hard. She took a break and came back and was able to do the Mayo Classic. So it's kind of like it's a it's a sigh of relief and it's also a celebration to see. These people who have worked so hard and so long to finally get recognized for their hard work. Yeah, and that was another one that was down at uh, ROW, I think, right? No, Mercedes was never down at Reality Wrestling. Athena was. Uh, Ember Moon. Okay, yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, so right after she left, I came in. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you never wrestled her or anything like that? No, I never got to wrestle her. And it's so funny. I had, I had a WWE tryout two years ago and she was at my tryout and she got signed at my tryout. Oh shit. I mean, how does that make you feel? Uh, well, I know she had had like three or four tryouts before that. So I was, she was the only girl that got signed for my tryout. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never, I was kind of still learning about the independent scene. So I never really heard of her. Mm -hmm. But after she got signed, like, I looked her up. I looked up a lot of people at, that were at my trial that I was like, oh, who is this person? Who is this person? Um, but I looked her up and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so talented. Like, why are they just now signing her? She's so athletic. She's yeah. like, 
she's so good. And, like, they finally signed her and gave her a character, and now she's doing really well at NXT. So, like, and even, I didn't even get to wrestle her at my tryout or pretty, and I talked to her for a minute. But she tried to help me get to these other independent promotions just just because she wanted to help me. And that's kind of crazy for somebody to not even really know who you are, but she wanted to help me. Like, she tried to get me in at Shine and then uh, at Reality Wrestling. So it's kind of like she was trying to help me in a way, which I really appreciate because she was a sweetheart. Okay. Well, that's, that's fucking awesome. And that was another thing. It's just like how I just kind of stumbled upon you. It was the same way with her. Um, I was sc- scrolling through Twitter and somebody had a clip of her doing that damn off the top rope stunner shit she do. And I was just yes. like, I was like, who <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, I don't even think they got too many dudes that can do shit like that. And I was just like, right. She's, she's so talented. She's so talented. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's go back. What? Been uh, wrestling for what, about five years or so now? Maybe. I've been wrestling for two years. What? <laughs> Just two years. Now I've been wrestling that long. I've been in the business for about four years. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like I started interviewing and announcing and managing, okay. of course, and then I started training, which is what I ultimately wanted to do. I didn't want to be an announcer or interviewer. I wanted to be a wrestler, but it kind of just happened that way. And I've only been wrestling for two years, so next April will be three years. Okay, so I mean, like, how did you even get put in that predicament? I mean, I know you just said you wanted to wrestle, but how did that even come up with being an announcer or whatever? So, at the school that I trained at, WWA4 at the time, under Curtis Hughes, um, was my trainer. Uh, he, they used to, well, they still do, they run shows on Thursday nights. Um, and again, my boyfriend. Uh, he, <laughs> he wants me to put him over every time I do podcasts. He's like, don't forget to mention me. But anyway, um, so he was training. Well, he, yeah, he was training. Um, he was like, Hey, you should come to the shows on Thursday. And I was like, just graduated high school. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. I want to come to a wrestling show. That's so cool. And I would come to those shows every week for months. And Mr. Hughes came up to me one day and he was like, Hey, uh, you want to, in his, in his voice. Hey, uh, you wanna, you wanna do some backstage interviewing? I was like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. So I started interviewing and then, uh, Moose, you know who Moose is, right? Yeah. Uh, Moose had a show that he ran, like it was like, he had like the Falcon and stuff there, like it was this big thing. He was like, hey, you wanna announce at my show? I was like, yeah, I've never announced before, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so I announced at Moose's show and that was my first time announcing like three years ago, four years ago. Um, and then a couple months later, like February 2014, I think, um, I got in contact, my friend Ethan Case put me in contact with Brian Kanabrowski, who is over PWX in North Carolina. So I got to backstage interview for them for a year or so. And then I also got to announce when they needed me to. Eventually, I was like, okay, here, you either want to be an interviewer or an announcer, or you actually want to be a wrestler. Like, you're actually going to be serious about wrestling. So, I was like, okay, Brian, I'm sorry, I can't announce anymore. Like, I really want to get serious about training. Like, my friend Tessa Blanchard, she kept asking me, hey, you should do the show. Hey, you should do the show. Because she thought I was training, and I wasn't training yet. Um, so, I was like, I have to get serious about this. Like, I'm missing out on opportunities because you keep pushing it back. 
So I put down everything, like I dropped everything as far as backstage interviewing, announcing. I was like, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to be a wrestler. I want to start training. Like, this is what I came to the business to do. I trained for like a year or so, year, six months, six months to a year um, before I got my first match at WWA4. Uh, my first three matches were at WWA4. And the company I worked for at AWE, which I started as a backstage interviewer, they said, hey, we want to give you your first match. April 21st was my first match in 2015. And ever since then, I've just been the girl on fire. <laughs> Word. Yeah, it was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was I, yeah, a lot. I, like, I had to pretty much drop everything to become a wrestler. Like, I, my mom did not want me to do it. Like, she was like, this is weird. Like, you're never going to make anything out of this, but... You know how moms are. She oh, wanted yeah. me in college. Like, I, I just, I didn't want to go to college at the time. Like, I didn't want to do what she wanted me to do. I wanted to be what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a wrestler. Like, that's what I, I've always wanted to be a wrestler since I was like 14 in middle school. I looked up how much FCW was and it was too much. Like, oh, it was yeah. $1,500. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to move to Florida. I'm going to go to FCW and be a WWE wrestler. Like, that's what I wanted to do. But eventually, like, I went to, you know, WWA4, and I got the opportunity to train and become the person that I am today because I took a chance. Like, I went against what my mother wanted. I went against everything that they, my parents wanted, really. My dad is, like, he thinks it's the coolest thing now. Like, he wears my shirts, and he shows my pictures to all his friends and stuff. And, like, my brother, he thinks it's the coolest thing because, like, we're both in that kind of uh, athletic field. He plays basketball. Like, he's, he's actually going to college tomorrow to play basketball. Um, so he was like, you know, I just wanted to let you know, like, you are helping me, like, follow my dream, like, to not just stick to what our parents want, but for what I want for, you know, my life. And it touches my heart because it's, it's like people don't always get to live their dreams. And the fact that I'm getting to actually do what I said I was going to do, it's priceless, honestly. Sweet. See, that's kind of like, you know, my parents never really pushed me toward anything or whatever. It was just like, I come from a military family. So growing up as a kid, that's all I really knew. You know, my father was in, my brothers and sisters were in, you know, other relatives were in. So that's all I seen growing up as a kid. So somewhere in the back of my head, I guess that was like just the family business. So it's going to be something that I'm going to do. But also as a kid, I loved professional wrestling. I loved martial arts i i wanted to be a motherfucking stunt man <laughs> i would jump off the roof of my house i would damn swing from the, um, the clotheslines in the backyard and fall on my ass and my head sometimes but i wanted to do all those things and um they really pan out i did join the military like i said i was in it for 16 years but from me joining the military i kind of came into contact with all the stuff that i ever wanted to do um i had like a minor you know training in taekwondo before i joined but when i joined they got their own martial arts program so i got to get a little bit of the martial arts you know while being in the military um oh that's awesome so and then stuntman i mean shit i'm a marine so we stuntmen anyway <laughs> right there you just, go <laughs> ah just jumping off shit and running through stuff ah making noises but um 
But being in the military, you know, doing that minor in martial arts and going to all these different duty stations, like I said, if I wasn't in the military, I doubt if I would ever wound up in that region of Missouri. And when I did finally wind up in that part of Missouri, I fell in with a CCW and they trained me. They showed me um, everything that they knew about the business. And it was freaking a dream for me because I got to set up a ring. I got to see the ring. I got to see people perform. I got to actually get in the ring and take a couple bumps. And, you know, I could have died the day after I took my first bump. I almost did because that shit hurt like hell. But (laughs) it was just like I did all the things I said I wanted to do. I mean, not on a grand scale, but at least I said I've done those things. Yeah, and it's definitely worth it. Like, once you get to do these things, it's definitely worth it at the end to be like, I did that. Like, I was able to accomplish that goal. And this is something that I wanted to accomplish. Like, I wanted to be a wrestler. Even if, like, my, of course, my ultimate goal is to get to WWE. That's, that's, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's the ultimate goal. But the fact that I'm able to wrestle at any point in time is is an accomplishment for me like yeah. every show that i do every person that i meet that tells me hey i watch you or hey you inspire me or whatever the case is that's an accomplishment that kind of fuels again fire. it fuels my fire it's kind of <laughs> like okay i'm gonna make it one day i'm gonna make it to the big leagues i'm gonna do this i'm gonna really be good at this this is something that i'm meant to do so i mean that's the best feeling in the world sweet let's let's go back even a little further. What is your first memory of professional wrestling or time frame that you can remember? I started re- watching wrestling uh, when I was 12. Uh, my brother was a huge fan. I actually have a picture of him in a John Cena shirt. Um, yes, he was a Cena fan. Uh, so he and my dad used to watch wrestling, of course. Um, and I was like, I, I wasn't even watching any, like, sports or anything. I was, I had just started playing soccer. Um, so one day they were watching it, and I just happened to, like, walk into the living room, and they were watching, like, Monday Night Raw. And I was like, what are you guys watching? And my brother was like, wrestling! He had to be, like, eight. <laughs> we're watching wrestling! Yeah, we're watching wrestling! So I, like, sat, and I watched it. And the first person I remember seeing was Jay Party. Uh-oh. That was the first, and it was on a ladder. Like, oh no! Of course, that's the first <laughs> memory that I can recall. And then I was like watching, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is kind of cool, or whatever." So I watched the whole show, and then of course the women came on, and I was like, "Women, women, women do this." First two people I remember seeing were Trish Stratus and Mickey James. Mm-hmm. So that was about the time era that Mickey was doing the Psycho Mickey mm-hmm. James, which is you know where I caught it. And, um, I just, after that, I, I fell completely in love with it. Like I was obsessed with it. I would watch it every week. I would watch it on YouTube. I even went back like as a 12, 13 year old would go back earlier than what I was watching it to see what I missed to kind of catch up and kind of like, you know, know my history about it. Um, you know, from the nineties and things like that. Um, because I was not born, you know, I was too young to remember. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, (laughs) but, like, I was just obsessed with it, and then, like I said, like, after a while, I was kind of like, man, I can do this, I I could totally do this, like, I'm an athlete, I'm dedicated, I have the drive, I can do this, and 
that's pretty much where the story began. Like, I've always, like, even my mom and dad were like, you were just always obsessed with it. Like, you always had, like, wrestling stuff. You were always talking about it with people that didn't really care about it. Like, I would always talk about it to somebody. I even got my friends in middle school into it. Uh, my best friend Brianna and I were, like, obsessed with it. We went to TNA house shows and, like, uh, and I met Mickey James at my first house show, my first, like, house show. And it was an impact house show. And I got to meet Mickey James and she's, like, my idol. She's my everything. And after I met her, I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I want to do this. And, like, even to this day, like, Mickey knows who I am. Like, I've met her pretty much almost every year since the first time I've met her, like I've seen her and yeah. she's pretty much seen me grow into this wrestler, which is really cool. Cause she remembers me from like the first time we met to like now. So it, it just like, it's, it's crazy to me how far I've come from just a little girl. Like, Oh, I can't afford to pay for wrestling training to, you know, to where I am now. It's, it's, it's just crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it blows my mind that I get to do this. Because, like I said, people don't always get to live their dreams. And the fact that I'm living mine is just very rewarding. Yeah. Now, let's go a little bit forward. We done went backward enough. We're going to go take a couple steps forward. Training. Tell me about the first day of training. So, I was still interviewing and announcing. And Mr. Hughes was like, hey, I heard you want to be a wrestler from my boyfriend Owen Knight. He said, yeah, I heard you want to be a wrestler. I was like, yeah, you know, that's why I came here. I really want to be a wrestler. He was like, okay, well, get your shoes and get in the ring one day. And I was like, what? Really? Like, I was, like, petrified. I was like, because I, like, my first full year in the business, I would go to WWA for and sit and watch. Mm-hmm. Just sit and watch training. So I pretty much kind of knew how to do things just from watching it. Um, and I would get taught like little things here and there. Um, but Mr. Hughes was like, you know, get your shoes and get in the ring one day. Like, I can't like particularly remember my first bump. I'm actually glad because, you know, it probably hurt. Like, I just know the first couple times I was wrestling, my body was so like sore Mm -hmm. and it just felt like I had been running like marathons every day. Like, and when I got like really serious about training, I was training six days a week, like three or four hours a day. I would even ask Hughes, like, hey, are you going to open the school Saturday? Like when nobody's there because they're all doing independent shows and I'm just here training. I'm like, I really want to train. Like I want to train. So for like six days a week for like a whole year, I would just be in the ring, like just training, trying to get as much information as I could to, you know, get where I wanted to be. Cause my first indie match date was given to me before I was ready. So I kind of had, I had to be ready. Um, but it was against dementia, the Rose who pretty much took care of me that whole match. Like she was like, you'll be fine. Like, and I didn't really have to do anything, but I mean, like I just, and then at the time I was the only girl, like there were no other girls at the time. Um, so I was, I was training with dudes like, yeah. and you know, in wrestling, you don't really get to train with women. Like, after I started training and I started coming on, like, YouTube, like, the YouTube videos that they did, more girls started coming in. So, I did have girls to train with. Yeah. But I loved training with guys. Like, they do teach you so much. And it kind of pre- prepares your body for other things. Because girls and guys don't really wrestle the same. Yeah. Um, of course, like, girls, 
I don't want to sound like <laughs> girls don't like to take a lot of things. Like most yeah. girls are kind of like, oh, I don't want to take that, or I don't know, I didn't really do that, or no, I don't do this. But like with guys, they want you to do everything. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we'll do this tilt world DDT, and we'll do a Canadian destroyer, and we'll do we'll do all this crazy stuff. So it makes you look better. Like as females, it makes us look powerful and strong because we're wrestling guys. But it's harder, in a sense, to look good wrestling a girl because girls can clash a lot. Like, yeah. I've had some really, really good matches with a lot of females, but it, it kind of gets it gets a little, like, clashy at times because, like I said, it's kind of difficult. It's definitely, I'll just say it's different wrestling <laughs> men and women because, like, I was, like, at... A4 on Thursdays, I was wrestling men every Thursday. Like, I wasn't wrestling girls. So when I finally started wrestling girls, I was like, what is this? Like, what? Like, no. <laughs> like, I wanted to do... My finish when I first started was a Tilt-A-Whirl DDT. And I'm 4'11", like 117 pounds. And I'm bottom heavy. So people can't really swing me like that, especially <laughs> females. So I had to change my finish because, like, females can't really carry me like that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just certain things that you can do with guys that you can't do with girls. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've heard that, um, from different places or whatever, as far as finishes go, if, um, if you can't do it to the big show or you can't do it to Rey Mysterio, it's not worth having or something like that. You Definitely. Know, you gotta be able to do it on everybody. You have to be able to do it on everybody. Yeah. So that's why everybody and their mama do the RKO. <laughs> or everybody and their mama do a super kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's easy. Like, you have to stick with easy and devastating. That's where I came up. Like, I had to sit and, like, figure out what I was going to do as a finish. Because I couldn't. I was like, well, that DDT was, like, my thing. Like, that's what I was winning with. So now it's kind of like, oh, it's in my back pocket for those special matches, you know? And I just, like, I was looking. I was watching, like, AJ Lee matches and, like, Melina and Angelina Love and Mickey James, of course, and like, and I found actually my uh, finish is actually from Eve Torres and Cody Rhodes mixed kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a so like a fisherman neckbreaker. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it kind of it more came from Eve Torres. Like I saw her do it, but then I saw Cody Rhodes do a version of it, um, and then I kind of like. Because at first I wasn't hooking with it, and then I started to hook with it, so I kind of made it my own. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted everything that I did to be different. Like obviously, you can't make a super kick different. You can't make a kick to the head different. You can't make a headlock different. Like those moves are already like yeah made. But like I know um, Nikki Cross, who's in NXT, oh, does buddy. my finish. But she's been doing it for years, so it's not yeah. like oh that's my finish. I came up with that. No, Nikki Cross. Has been wrestling way longer than I have, and I know that, so it's not mine. Like, and people are like, "Oh, Nikki Cross did your finish?" No, I am doing Nikki Cross's finish. <laughs> like, I can, I can like admit to that. Like, I didn't take it from her, but she does do it. Now that damn, did you see that match with her and Oscar? Yes. Lord Jesus, that's probably man. I mean, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of women's wrestling. You know, I'm just getting into it now, but that was like. Shit. <laughs> and Oscar was actually Nikki and Oscar are both indie wrestlers. Yeah. So they both wrestle. I think they both wrestle in Shimmer. But um I know for sure Oscar did. Um 
like, just to see all the, I'm so proud of, like, what WWE is doing with their women, Mm -hmm. especially in NXT. It's just taking it to a whole nother level, like, from when I was watching it. Like, I stopped watching WWE for a while. Yeah. Uh, after Mickey James got released, I was like, oh man, whatever. They fired Mickey James or she got released or whatever. I was so upset. So I started watching TNA. I was obsessed with the knockouts. Yeah. Obsessed. Cause they were so different. Like just did things. They all looked different. They all had different things. Nobody looked so cookie cutter the same, you know? Yeah. Like everybody had something different about them. Like they had the beautiful people and Christy Hemme and, Selena's and Gail Kim, like everybody looked this, like looked different. So it was so intriguing. And then of course Victoria came and Madison Rain and Taryn oh, Terrell and Brooke Tesswalker and all these other women. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to be a knockout. Like I want to be a knockout at the like at the time I wanted to be a knockout. And it's just like now WWE is trying to transform their women, so they're bringing a lot of indie women into it. Like they've signed a lot of people that haven't even been like introduced yet yeah so i I, i'm just so proud of what they're doing with the women because like women's wrestling has been like kind of like just shit cans honestly (laughs) for like the past few years like really though yeah yeah you know after sasha banks and them kind of came in everybody was like oh okay this is this is women's wrestling but i mean women's wrestling was a thing before them you know but they kind of helped like of course, evolutionize, revolutionize women's wrestling in WWE, which kind of kicked open the door for indie women to come in. And that's where the Mae Young Classic came from, you know? Yeah. And I I think it's freaking amazing because, like, they have this network and they can do shit like this. And I just want them to do stuff like this all the damn time. (laughs) Yeah, I, like... When they were doing like those three minute, two minute matches and like yeah. bikini battle royals and blonde panty pillow fights and it was just like fluff. You know, it's just kinda like really like Well yeah, I mean became, as a kid yeah, I enjoyed became, that stuff. <laughs> Being a guy, right. you know, but I didn't understand it. Like I was just like when I saw men's wrestling, I was like, Oh, this is cool and then the women would come on and like, at the time, it was, like, Mickey, Trish, Lita, Molina, like, Beth Phoenix came in eventually, and, like, then it kind of faded, like, they kind of didn't know what to do with them after, yeah. like, Trish and, Trish and Lita left, you know, it was kind of weird. Then and then, like, stuck Mickey left. as long as she can, and she left too. Right. And it's kind of like, they didn't know what to do with them, and, and then all these women, like, all the women that helped kind of keep that alive got released or left or retired. Yeah. So then they really didn't know what to do because now they had like the Bella Twins and you know the the what was it the Diva Search models that would win and you know it was yeah. kind of like well, we don't know what to do now like what do we do with them yeah. just let them wrestle for two or three minutes they'll be fine as long as they're here they're good <laughs> like as long as people see women they'll be okay you know for the dads like that's what it was about but now it's actually about them wrestling and people are re- really serious about it and it's just like I said very exciting. Well, we know you said Mickey James is um your favorite. Well, who who, who yeah. else uh, rank up there in your top five? Uh, so Mickey James, Jeff Hardy, uh, Angelina Love, uh, Molina, and hmm, oh, who else? 
You can pick yourself. That's fine. No, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I watched so many people. Like, those are definitely, like, four. I would give, like, four. Uh, AJ Lee would be one of my favorites, too, yeah. as far as, like, character work and, like, her story. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, AJ Lee would top that off as five. Yeah. Um, because it, it got me back in, like, she got me back into watching WWE, like, after she, like, started this whole, like, crazy thing that she was doing. Yeah. It brought story and emotion and character back into the women's division. Now, if I think, yeah, go ahead. I think AJ Lee really helped, like, evolutionize the women's division when she, like, came in and started doing, like, her character and she really got into it and people really got into it. Yeah. Like, they, I know they talk about, like, Sasha and Bailey and, you know, yeah, they did help, but AJ definitely kind of started that. Yeah. And after she left, it kind of died again. And then, of course, they had to bring the NXT girls to kind of do it again. Yeah, it was like, um, probably with her and Paige just kind of started kicking it off in a different direction. Yeah. Because, I mean, just like you said, I mean, they was just there, you know, and then AJ Lee was actually, you know, a character. You know, instead of just a woman being there wrestling for one or two minutes and getting the hell out the ring. Definitely. Now, I, I can remember, you know, back when I was watching um the wrestling and everything, I think my favorite female wrestlers was like the ones that I could look at and be like, she can whip a dude ass. Like, I, I used to love jazz, uh, Jackie. Oh, I love jazz. <laughs> freaking uh, China. Yes. Beth Phoenix. Yeah. All, all them women of that type are just like, oh man, Victoria. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, they can whip a dude ass. I like them a lot. <laughs> and then, yeah, and they definitely like helped. Like, but that was another like, thing too. It was just like, you had these, you know, powerful women that was actually good at wrestling or whatever, but they were sitting there making them wear, uh, the little booty shorts and walk through the, like the bar and panty stuff like you was talking about. And I was like, I, yeah. I was like, well, being, the young guy that I was, I mean, I didn't mind it so much, but, <laughs> you know, I still wanted to see some wrestling. I was like, gave me stuff to think about later, but I wanted to see some wrestling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I mean, shit. Damn, I, I love me some Jackie, boy, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, like, training at a, a school. I'm helping, like, assistant train. Um, at a new school in Atlanta called Face to Face Wrestling, and Jazz is actually one of the head trainers. What? Yeah, and I, I met her at WrestleCon. Like, Hughes introduced her to me, which was like crazy to me. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I've watched your stuff." And I'm like, "Jazz, you watch you me? Watch what? No!" And she was just like, "You're you're good." Like, and just to like even talk to her for as long as I did, and I like drove her to her hotel. Like, we drove her to her hotel, and we got to talk to her. And so now I'm like helping like train with her which is like what that's so cool like <laughs> i mean and what is that even like you know i mean you yourself just finished training you know, what two two years ago or so and now you're in here helping train other people well i will say this i'm definitely not done training yeah. like you never done. i feel like you, you you never stop learning never stop learning. I do things in matches that I've never ever trained. I've never practiced, you know? Like somebody would be like, Oh, can you take this? And I'll be like, sure, how do you do it? And then I'll do it. Like Yeah. 
if I know how to do it, I'll do it. And if I don't, you can teach me how to do it and I'm comfortable doing it, I will do it. Like, um, but I'm definitely not done. Like, even, so, face-to-face pretty much hasn't even opened yet. Like, we start training on Monday. Um, but we just had our grand opening yesterday. So, Heath, Heath Slater is actually the owner. But it's also a head trainer, my trainer, Mr. Hughes, Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, Jazz, me, and another wrestler out of Atlanta, Odinson. Uh, we're all helping train. Um, and, you know, I, even being like, an, I, my label is a, an assistant manager, I mean, an assistant trainer. Mm-hmm. But, like, people hear trainer and they automatically think, like, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I only, I only know what I know. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I know everything. I'm not saying I'm in a position to be a trainer, but I can teach you what I know and what I've learned in my experience as, as being an indie wrestler that's trying to make it. Yeah. So, like, I know when they first announced it, people were kind of like, trainer? Like, what? You're a trainer? But you have to understand, I'm not saying I'm a head trainer. I'm not saying, oh, I can teach you how to be in the business and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can teach you what I know and what I've learned and my experiences. That's what it means. Yeah, yeah. I can so, understand that. Cause like, you know, people will take that trainer word as such a, like, know-it-all. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like, like I said, you can never stop learning. So even as a trainer, Teddy Long or Ron Simmons or Jazz can get in the ring and say, Hey, here, do it this way. Or, hey, here, do you want to try this? And I'm all for it because... With all that experience that we have at face-to-face wrestling, I will learn something new. Yeah. If not one thing, a hundred things. Because that is so much experience and, like, legendary, like, in that one facility. Yeah. I think it's, I honestly think it's the next best thing to the performance, to the performance center at this point. Because, like I said, you have Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, Jazz, Mr. Hughes, and Heath Slater, all as head trainers. And, like, you know, we have kind of, a, like, a direct line into WWE at this point. Yeah, that's kind of like um, ROW down here in uh, Houston. Exactly. It's it's pretty much the same thing. It's just in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I want to be an assistant trainer, but not to an extent to where people think that I know everything. I can just teach you what I know as being an indie women's wrestler with not as much experience as jazz. Yeah. Or as another female, I can give you early indie experience. Or, yeah, it's just you know. another perspective of the, um, you know, the training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I understand that completely. It's just like when I did my little stint of um, training, it was just like um, I got the bumps down and everything real quick. So I was already moving up to, you know, going into moves and um, doing, um, you know, combinations and chain wrestling and stuff like that. So whenever we get somebody in that was just learning how to bump, I would be with them helping them out. So, I mean, that's all I knew at my level. So I was able to help people that was, you know, just getting there. So I understand where you're coming from. It still sucks sometimes because, like, you know how to do it. And then you get somebody who's like, it's simple to you, but I'm like, why can't you do it? <laughs> I mean, it gets frustrating because it's like, but I also have to think not everybody has athletic experience. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, not everybody started from the same place. Like, people started from different places. 
So, I mean, like, I did have my difficulties training. Like, I was scared to flip. I was afraid to do flip bumps. I'm still afraid to do flip bumps. I'm afraid of breaking my neck. Like, I'm afraid of doing any kind of flip, dive, top rope, backdrop. Like, I, I'm terrified. Yeah, because you're Cause I'm, bottom heavy. Right, I'm bottom heavy and I'm little. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, Rey Mysterio's little and Leo Rush and all these other little people are running around doing all these big things. But, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of flipping. So I kind of stay away from top rope and stuff. But I did have my difficulties. I couldn't learn, like, it took me 20 minutes to learn how to do a headlock takeover because I could not get my footing right. Yeah. And it's just, but it took four different people to teach me how to do that. And I know it gets frustrating because it had to be frustrating. This little girl comes in and she has no idea how to do this simple move. Mm -hmm. And once I got it, I was doing it all the time. (laughs) But you have, like, like everybody doesn't start from the same place. Not everybody's going to get it at the same time. And that's what being a trainer, like you have to kind of have patience because it's a work in progress. Speaking of patience, let's uh, put your boyfriend over again. Um, (laughs) He's going to like that. Uh, how how long has that been a thing? Four years. Sweet. So he was there from the beginning. From the beginning. Now, um, patience. What 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 is his patience level with you in um pursuing one of your dreams? Well, I like like you said, we've been together since the beginning. He actually started training for wrestling before I did, mm-hmm. like a few months or so. Like a yeah, a few months. Actually, a whole year before I did. Um, so he, we actually met on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. but I found out that he moved to DC, from DC to Atlanta to train. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, pushed me to do this. Like he was like, go against your mom, like follow your dreams. Cause he left home at 18 to pursue a, a dream of being a wrestler. Like, I'm just, I'm going 30 minutes down the street to be a wrestler. He moved (laughs) nine hours away from home to be a wrestler. So he kind of understood what I was going through because, you know, his mom and aunt were the same way. Like, you know, they were kind of skeptical about it. Um, so he, like, had a lot of hand in my training. I mean, he was training for me, so he kind of understood. He's really good at, like, teaching people so patient and um he mr hughes that was like when we were at wwa4 and mr hughes was the head trainer that was like his golden boy he was just so good at teaching other people Mm -hmm. and just how he was he's just so patient so even with me like i would get frustrated and i would cry about everything like when i got home i would because i didn't get this like how to uh, when we were get thrown out of the ring, couldn't go over the top rope to save my life because I, I couldn't like hop over or something. Yeah. And I got so frustrated with myself. Like I cried when I got in the car because I was just like, I know I can do it. He was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be able to do it. It just takes practice. This is just training. Like it's not a real match. Like just re- relax. So he's really patient when it come when it came to me and my training, even to this day, like, I'll have him watch my matches and tell me like different things that I can do or things I did wrong or what I could do here. What, you know, just, he's just, he just has such a gentle heart. Like he is just, he's, 
He's a local in Atlanta. His name is Owen Knight. Um, he also wrestles for AWE. He's the working team captain. That's his thing. Um, and he has been like, he's been wrestling for three years. He's in the business the same amount of time as I have. Um, but he's just, I just feel like he's underrated to an extent. Like he's just, he, like I said, he's just, he's so patient. And he's so good, and I just feel like, like I said, it it, it kind of amazes me what people don't actually pick up on. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a good character, like, he's trying to get his physique to where he wants it to be, but he's such a good wrestler. Like, he has so much emotion. Like, Edge is his favorite wrestler, and you can tell that Edge is his favorite wrestler. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I just, he he's honestly, like, the best thing that happened to me when it came to my life at the time like he pushed me to be this wrestler he pushed me to follow my dreams he pushed me through all the the tears and the blood and the injury and just like he's just been there since the beginning and he has such a gentle patient heart and i just i just want him to get the recognition that he deserves sweet let me give him a hand clap (laughs) oh and i this is for you Uh, speaking of that same patience, uh, you talked about a couple of things, uh, character, um, your attire being bottom heavy. What does he think about that? Um, cause Kiara Knight, I mean, I said Kiara Knight, God damn, I shoot myself in the face. Uh, <laughs> he would love that. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. I, I, I married y'all character wise. <laughs> uh, Kiara Hogan, you know, they talk about you not only because of your your wrestling prowess, because of the attire and the bottom heaviness and everything like that. So when it comes to your ring attire and your presentation and everything, how does he feel about that? Um, he actually is very proud of how far I've come as far as my character. Um, he's been through a lot of characters himself, but kind of, the Golden Fire pretty much has stuck with me since the beginning, since we've like come up with it. Um. He is very proud of what I've accomplished. He's very proud. Um, he's giving me shit sometimes, of course. Like, at the end of the day, he was one of my trainers, so he can give me shit. Like, you yeah. know. Um, but he's definitely very proud of what I've become. Like, um, my whole character and gimmick and everything. He's, he's just so proud of everything that I've become. Um, and you know, how his, Training in me has kind of blossomed into this character to grow on fire. Sweet. All right. I mean, we've traveled the gambit. Uh, we went to the beginning. We um, got a little peek into the future. So from here on, uh, what are some of your goals that you want to accomplish? We already know what the end goal is, but, you know, baby steps. You probably got some mini goals between now and then. Um, independent wise, I just really want to become a household name. Like I want to be known everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be known everywhere. Like I've had people come up to me and say, you know, um, oh yeah, I've heard of you at places that I've never been before. Like, which is an accomplishment of course, but mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to go to every state. I want to be able to go overseas. I really want to go to the UK. Oh my God, I want to go to the UK so bad. Like, that is one place I want to go. Like, 
Japan is definitely, but number one is the United Kingdom. Like, I did a seminar with Soraya Knight, and, like, oh, I just, yeah. I really want to go to the United Kingdom, like, and I wrestled Lana Austin at WSU. Like, I really want to go overseas to London. Like, I, I really do. Um, but, like I said, I want to become international. I want to come, I want to become a household name. Um, I want to be the best. I think that's all I've ever wanted to be. I just want to own my craft and be the best. Like, I just feel like after the whole May on Classic thing happened and so many people were like, oh, you should have been in it. Oh, yeah. It kind of hurt not being in it. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, why wasn't I a part of it? Am I not good enough? And it kind of like damaged me like the slightest bit. But at the end of the day, like, one opportunity is going to get you to, to the next one. Yeah. And that's how I see it. You know, it's just a stepping stone. Um, and like, I just know once I blow up, I'm going to blow up. And I, I like, but I just, my big thing is inspiring other people to follow their dreams, which mm -hmm. is why I have the tattoo aspire to inspire. I want to be able to tell my story to as many people, people as I can so that people can hear it so people understand like this was not just a one day thing for me this was not something I was just like oh maybe I'll be a wrestler today this has been everything that I wanted to do like I wanted to be a pro wrestler whether it be pro indie wrestler or pro big name company wrestler I wanted to be a wrestler so I'm glad that I'm able to do what I love but I want to be the absolute best at it well damn there it is. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to um, sit here and chat a box with me for a little bit. Tell me about your boyfriend and everything. Um, <laughs> where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Facebook. I have a fan and a like personal page, Kier Hogan. Uh, I also have an Instagram at Hogan Knows Best 18. That'll probably change. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have a uh, Snapchat, Hogan K3. I also have, I'm sorry, Hogan K2. My Twitter is Hogan Knows Best 3. Um, I will be opening a PO box very soon for, like, I, I just got my first fan letter. What? So I'm going to have to get a PO box. Yeah, I just got my first fan letter. So I have to, like, get a PO box now. My mom was like, don't be having people send stuff to the house. <laughs> So, I have to get a P.O. box, but um, I will be at Vital Pro Wrestling in Thompson, Georgia this Saturday, um, and then I will be at AWE for Monday Night Roar, August 28th at Opera Nightclub. I will be wrestling Mickey Knuckles again, uh, which I'm very excited for. My mom's supposed to be coming to that show, uh -oh. which she'll probably see me get, she'll probably see me get beat up, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> like this is yeah, what you wanted to do, <laughs> right? She she was just like, "I'm gonna come to that show," and I'm like, "Okay, you probably won't be happy about it, but okay, you can go to the show." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. All right, sweet. And as always, I tell this to every single guest that's been on this show. I appreciate you and what you do. Um, especially you being a professional wrestler, something that I hold near and dear to my heart. You, know, you you go out there, you sacrifice your body, um, spend your time away from your loved ones. So I appreciate you, you know, even if you sucked, because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're still doing it. But 
you don't suck, so you that's cool. Um, and the door is open. Anytime you want to come back on for whatever reason, you're always welcome to come back. Well, thank you so much for having me. On one night, <laughs> got to put them over. I just finished watching a video. They had a tag match together, and they beat up on that little skinny white girl. Damn it. Why did I say that? But, you know, I know how I feel about calling people out by their race. They just beat up on a little skinny girl. There you go. They jumped her. They double teamed her. <laughs> yep. But, um, it was great to have her on. Learned so much about her. And, um, you'll see her here soon in the near future. That, that name, like she said, it'll be a household name here pretty soon. And, uh, not so much the Hogan part, maybe, you know, if you're going to be on certain individuals televisions like mine or yours or whoever watches professional wrestling but um you're gonna get the kiara part i guess so <laughs> just stay tuned for that and um yeah i don't know where i was going i'm i got two m&ms in my hand almond m&ms and i've been trying not to eat these suckers while i'm recording because you know that's that's bad audio and they not melting in my hand. That's because that's not what M and M's do. You seen the commercials? But um, let me go ahead and wrap this thing up with a bow, and uh, so I can eat my M and M's and get my ass in the bed. I gotta go to work tomorrow. So you can find me on Twitter at it's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and all kinds of other general shenanigans, that's the account to do it on. Also, the show has a Twitter, and if you want to look that up, you can find it at, wait for it, R, 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 underscore, podcast. That's three R's, underscore, podcast. And that's for updates on the show, guests, probably information on why the show might be delayed (laughs) and whatnot. So, uh, check that out. Also, you can go to random robcast.com and on the homepage you can find different kind of ways to help out the show help it grow and morph into something new you can uh, buy merchandise you can donate you can be a patron of the show uh, like Brandon McIntyre and Glenn Abbott I said I was going to make something special for those two gentlemen and I have concocted it it's primed and ready to go and gentlemen if you're listening right now and I hope you are. Um, it'll be to your home pretty soon. So, Glenn, it'll take you a little bit longer. But, uh, Brandon, you should get it here pretty soon. So, I hope you enjoy it. Because I had a cool time uh, concocting it and everything. And expressing myself creatively. So, hope you enjoy it whenever you get it. Um... Shout out to Sir John Lee. He was a guest on one of my favorite podcasts. I listened to the hashtag Blackout Podcast. And he got an album coming out here pretty soon on September 22nd. And what was funny about that date, I mean, I told him, I was like, hey, man, my anniversary is September 19th. Why don't you just go ahead and drop the album then? He's like, nah, my anniversary is on the 22nd, so I'm going to drop it then. I was like, ah, that's cool. We like almost anniversary buddies or something. So, shout-outs to Sir John Lee. Goddamn, my man Zyme. 
just drop some new music on the motherfucking iTunes, Spotify, Title, and all those places. So if you want to listen to some Zine, you can do that. The project is called Love, Life, Fuck, Money. And I listen to it, man. It's good vibes. The whole um, album, man, it's like a party CD, man. You jam that in the club, get drunk, get some glow sticks, and all kind of shit like that. So check it out. Zyme. Love, life, fuck, money. What else we got going on? Also, if you like to hear people ramble about professional wrestling, you can check me out on the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, which I'm a co-host of. And you can find that by searching the NAI Wrestling Network. There's a whole slew of shows on there, professional wrestling related, and they all got their own flair. So the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, we answer your fan questions. If you want to give us a question to answer on the show, use the hashtag three count or tweet it at the Pipe Bomb NAI on Twitter. What else? Uh, Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'll be walking all through the hollowed halls of Walmart and um, doing videos and stuff. So check me out on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to get my equipment right so I can bring you some more videos like how I did with Foxy, which you can find on my YouTube page. She gives a review of the movie Salt and not so much the movie, but Angelina Jolie. <laughs> so check that out on my YouTube page. And um, you heard Kiera. Um, shout out some dates that she's going to be working here pretty soon. So go ahead and check those out. I know there was one uh, yesterday because I'm recording this on Sunday that you might have missed because this is out now. And um, she got something on the 28th. So hit her up on social media and um, find out all those places that she's going to be performing at. And got some more guests coming up here pretty soon. Hopefully me and Hoppy Rogers can hook it up. That'll be my next guest. And um, just more to come. Hey, I appreciate you. If you sent in uh, voicemails, uh, if you send in um, any questions last week for me to answer, I appreciate you. If you want to um, send more questions or voicemails and everything, you could do so. Voicemail line is 304-825-5762. And the email line is a random robcast at Outlook. Dot com. Hit me up. Send me some cool shit. Random style. And um, Random Rams of Rob is in association with Hush Your Face Entertainment, a collective of podcasts that join together to um, get our shit out there, pretty much. It's 12 of us now. We, we's, we's growing and everything. So, with that being said, I appreciate y'all for listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and I'll see you next time. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,